Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the 49er Faithful UK Show. Tonight I'm joined once again by Naji Kara. Hello. Gareth Ellis. Hello. And Paul Hope. Hello everyone. Okay, so our second divisional game has uh, been a bit atrocious. We, we've gotten another loss there. Um, obviously there's a hot topic in pretty much all Niner groups at the moment. And that hot hot topic is Kyle Shanahan so I have an opinion on Kyle Shanahan which I didn't have time to um, talk about in any of the podcasts and because of the way I feel about last night it's the perfect place to start because in my opinion we lost that game because of Kyle Shanahan so the way I'm going to do it it's because this, this has been built up over quite a few games and not just this season the season's Proceeding this season as well, um, so in my mind, Kyle, he hasn't he hasn't progressed as a head coach the way you would want him to progress as a head coach. I don't think he's a particularly good head coach. I think he's a fantastic play designer, and I think he's an okay offensive coordinator. And the reason I'm saying okay is because he's not consistent. Now, for me, I'm, I'm going to start and pull out different parts of being a head coach and why I don't think he's not that great. So clock management. There never seems to be any urgency when needed towards the end of each half. Half, But then he plays too quickly when we should be slowing the pace. We can win the time of possession battle no problem. We, we do that all the time because of our running game. But when it's required he cannot manage game-changing situations and that's frustrating and he's had plenty of time to actually do this to learn this he's had plenty of mistakes where his time management hasn't been very good and we've lost a game that we could have won but he doesn't seem to be learning player calling there's a certain stubbornness arrogance about Kyle's player calling he sticks with players when the players are clearly not performing. He, he can adjust to dis defensive schemes to ensure that we've got players open. He can adjust to what the opposition are doing, but he seems to be able, he seems to struggle to adjust when our players are underperforming. He continually goes back to them, even though you can see that player is not having a very good night. He'll keep on going, keep on going. The players are becoming predictable. We were all sat at home last night. And the number of players that we all called out before that happened was unbelievable. If we are calling those players out, you can bet your bottom dollar the defensive coordinators on the opposition side knows exactly what's coming. The player, the player that really annoyed me was the fourth and one, and it was a very long one yard as well um, with Juice. We did that play last week. Why? Did in, uh, yeah, that was against the uh, Seattle Seahawks. We did that play. Why on earth do it seven days later? Surely they'd have been looking for that. So that that really, really annoyed us. And some of the... Don't get us wrong. I really love the aggressiveness of going for it on fourth and one. Or fourth and whatever. I mean, some of them were quite longer. Um, but the players, he's a calling for those situations. To me, they're just not good enough. They're not good enough for what we expect from Kyle we expect from the offensive genius and he's just not dialing it up he seems to have a very and and i've said this in the other um episodes as well our offense feels very vanilla as in it doesn't have an identity whereas previous seasons we've had an identity we always knew what our offense looked like how we were going to play even if the players surprised us all that he pulled out we, we knew what we were about we we're about setting the run and it doesn't seem to be going that way this season. It's been mixed up quite a bit and it's kind of diluted what we are and how we use the roster. So that there, that, that has been bugging the life out of me. Um, and the coach and the discipline, the flags are on yeah. Shanahan. He has yeah. to take responsibility for that. He needs to get that discipline right in practice. There's too many people not doing their jobs and that is ultimately on him. 
he needs to sort that out with either the positional coaches or replace them because somebody's not doing their job. Now, it could be because the playbook that he's got, he's probably got two completely separate playbooks, one for Jimmy, one for Trey. And in my mind, that was the wrong thing to do. He went into the season stating Jimmy is QB1. He should have had a playbook for Jimmy, which is the approach would be a pocket passer, which is what Jimmy is. He's no mobile quarterback. It should have been all about passing. And Trey should have learned that playbook this year. We shouldn't have had any of these um, RPOs, the read options, anything like that. We should have left that until next year or the year after when Trey is QB1. I think his playbook, which is already complex, he's made it far too complex. And I think that's what you're seeing on the field now. You're seeing people making mistakes because it's just far too complex and there's too much of a change from QB1 to QB2. So I think the way he has structured the whole team, the players, he's just made it too difficult for them. Next point, injuries. So injuries, we, we, we've, we've been absolutely decimated by injuries the last few seasons. We definitely know it's not the strength and conditioning coaches. They've changed that team three times since Shanahan's been in. Do you know what I think it is? I think it's the style of football we play. I think that's the biggest contributor to the injuries. Yeah. The fact that we've got quarterbacks who are throwing high balls and putting our players in positions where they're just going to get annihilated. Mm -hmm. I, I think this is all to do with Kyle, the way he wants his quarterbacks to play, where he's telling them to put the ball. And, and I think that's what's contributing to our injuries. Because, to be honest, I, I can't see anybody else having as many injuries as what we get. So that, that's another thing. I, I think the whole injury, um, the injury saga with our team is down to the way we play, the style of football we play. And you're going to get that when you're playing yards after the catch because you're going to get hit more often. You're going to have to get tear around a lot more players because you, you, you're bringing the ball off short, you're passing it off short and then expecting to get the yards after the catch. So that there, I, I think it's going, to, it's going to end up with us having a lot of injured players. And I think that's been proven over the years. Next point, player personnel. <laughs> I, I did say I had a few points. So player yeah. personnel. Kyle is the kind of player, uh, the kind of player, the kind of head coach that favours experienced players over rookies who are actually performing better than their veteran yeah. counterpoints, counterparts. Yeah. And the one I'm going to pick out is Josh Norman. Yeah. Dion Madolinor has not played a single snap on defense in the last two games. Mental. Yeah, no, I don't. And he's much better than what Josh Norman is. He, he's shown it in the first three games of the season, and all of a sudden he's disappeared. Now, I'm going to assume that is Kyle. I don't think that's going to be Demeco Ryans. I'd be very surprised if it is. Because Dion Madolinor, he was excellent the first three games. He obviously had that uh, one or two players, which. One where he slipped, and I can't remember what the other one was, but he had those two players where he was burnt a little bit. But other than that, he's been absolutely excellent. Josh Norman, he's just a liability. Pass interference here, there and everywhere. And it's just getting to the point where you think, well, why on earth isn't Diomedola Norin? And, and he's the surprising stat for you. So Diomedola Nor is our third-rated cornerback. Guess who number one is? Eman. Oh, it'll be Dante Johnson, actually. Correct. Dante yeah. Johnson. Unbelievable. Yeah. No, he's playing well, though. <laughs> he is. He is. The great Dante Johnson. So, <laughs> the, so the greatest. There's, there's the personnel thing there as well. I, I just don't feel as though he likes giving rookies a chance. Yeah. Obviously, he's given uh, Lance a chance, but Lance is having a chance because of injuries. So yeah, that, no there, yeah, yeah. that there is bugging the life out of us. Yeah. Um, challenges. So... He should have um, challenged the goal line stop on fourth yeah. and goal because yeah, I, I, I think that. there was enough there where you could see the mm. ball across the plane because of where the arm was and you could see where the ball was in the arm when he was going down. I so I think there was enough there. I don't think it would have been reversed, but I think it's worth challenging to exactly. prove that you've trust. Yeah, you trust that you, you might get lucky and and get seven points right. Yeah, and then there was the uh, he should have also challenged the fumble by Williams on the play that he got hurt. 
because the, the replay showed that ball was coming out before he touched the ground. That yeah. ball was moving. That was a fumble, and there was a clear recovery by the 49ers, and he didn't challenge that, so that's disappointing. Yeah. So, in summary, overall, <laughs> I, I, I think Kyle's sweet spot is an offensive coordinator. For me, his leadership and his strategic planning comes across as being poor, and he doesn't appear to have made much progress in the four years he's been head coach. Yes, I think he's a significant upgrade on the likes of Tom, Tom Sula, Chip Kelly, but his win percentage is just a smidgen over Mike Singletree's. And as of yesterday, Kyle has been in charge for as many games as Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh's win percentage was 69.5, Kyle's is 45.3. That's a huge difference. And I think they've got comparable rosters now. Mm, I think it was, it, mm, I don't know. The yeah. division was nowhere near as good, though. Yeah, possibly. So I, th I think, but to be honest, I think it would be a huge mistake to make any changes during the season because we're not just losing the head coach, we'd be losing the offensive coordinator. Yeah. But as mentioned in many by many in the group, if we don't end up with a winning season, there needs to be some sort of change because we're now in that window of expectation set by Kyle himself, where we yeah. should be in the playoffs each season. And if that doesn't happen, something needs to happen. He either needs to have a proper offensive coordinator, because I can guarantee you, Mike McDaniel's not calling any plays. No, I yeah. think they, he's there purely as a puppet, just mm -hmm. to take the pressure off Kyle a bit. But I think we need a proper offensive coordinator, and if he doesn't like it, then he shouldn't be head coach. Right, that, right. That's, my, that's my bitching and mourning done about Kyle. But to <laughs> me, I, I think Kyle lost us that game last night. The no, way I, he was calling I, I agree with that. I, d I don't agree with everything you say, um, and I can't remember all the points. I think if you if you want to, do you, do you want to talk about it now, and we can have an hour long podcast, or should we talk about it next week? I don't want to. I, I don't. I don't want to talk about it ever again, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate here because. Whilst I agree with many, many points um, that you've made, um, I still think um, he's been a head coach in this league for five years. Um, you look at people that have had success in this league. Um, you know, Andy Reid won his first Super Bowl after coaching for what, 35 years. It, it's a steep learning curve. And it's really hard when three of those five years you've been here haven't gone your way exactly because of mostly injuries. Um, and, and whilst I agree with your point in terms of play calling, um, clock management and things like that, it, it, this is the kind of thing you deal with when everything goes well and you can improve on those little things that take you know time and experience to, to handle. So I think I, I think he's still growing as a coach. He's, he's also what, 38, 39? Um, you know, is I don't know. I just I think expectations are too high, and that's the that's the problem we're in. Um, and we're also living in a world these days where results have to happen now, otherwise it's not good enough. Um, but I don't know. I I'm, I still would rather have him over pretty much you know anybody in the league apart from from a few. Um, and, and I don't know. I just. I think a couple of like three bad games in a row that we lost by two points, seven points, and seven points is a little soon to start, you know, shooting everything that moves inside in our franchise and pointing fingers. We're still only two and three, and I know it's grim, and I'm not, you know, I'm not closing my eyes and having blinders on. Um, we're not playing well, and we're not a good team right now. I said it last time. I don't think we are a good team, but we're also not that far away. Um, I always say it, um, the NFL is such small margins. Um, I look at the game like yesterday. They had four fumbles. Three of them bounced back straight in their hand. It's the, it's the kind of thing It's like if two of them just bounce funny and we get them, we win that game. It, you know, it's it's the, it's the very, very, very little things. And yes, there's battered down, at, at, you know, passes battered down and you're thinking, well, the play calling is bad. But if you look at the all 22, Debo's open on a fourth and one. He's wide open. So the play is good. 
It's just, you know, J.J. Watt happens to put his hand in the way. And if Trey just throws his arm at a sly angle, that's a completion and maybe we win this game. It's just, you know. Um, and we also agree on on a few things like the challenges and um, and the, the personnel really annoys me because I think our best back right now is Trey Sermon. Um, and not Elijah Mitchell, even though Mitchell is good as a change of pace guy. Um, it, it annoys me greatly that he doesn't play. And same with Lenore and same with Ufanga, who I think is lights better than Jimmy Ward already. Um, and, and the fact that they don't have a chance to like become superstar because the scheme is complicated and you have to prove that you can play and or whatever it is that Kyle does with I agree with the arrogance of calling the same play over and over, thinking that because you're so genius and everybody says it, it's gonna work. Um but also, you know, five years in my job, I was nowhere near as as I'm good as I am right now. You know, some some work are take a long, long, long time to, to learn the little things. Um, so I'm I'm still a very much a fan of Kyle, but he's going to have to do something this season um, and show me something a little bit better because he has rightfully, and we, we can go on to that game unless Gareth and Paul have to say anything about this. Um, he has lost this game yesterday because it was a seven-point game and our defense played lights out and kept us in it, and a 7-10, we could have won it, and in, in, it was just, yeah, um, that's my opinion, and we can never talk about it ever again, or talk about it again when he does something better next time, or worse, we'll, we'll see. Gareth, Paul, anything about Kyle? Go on, Paul, you got everything burning? <laughs> to be honest, I was preparing for a day, and it's one of the reasons I love doing this, I agree with Lee, on many of the points, and I think the group have been waiting for Lee's epic rant, if you want to call it that, Lee. <laughs> no offence. Yeah, um, it was epic. But I, all, <laughs> I also agree with you, Nadji, and, and like you said, it was another tough loss last night, and I think he is rightly getting some criticism. Yeah. A lot of what Lee said, I agree with. Um, me, you and Gareth talked about it, and you can see where that's going. Ah, I'm like you, Nadji. I don't see a good reason to turn on him at the moment. He doesn't get a free pass, which we'll no. get into about the game last night. Like you said, we're going to go on from there. And I'm definitely more on your side of the street than Lee's at the moment. I would keep him, like you said. He's had one full season with a healthy QB, and I know Lee, the injuries and all that come into it. And when I was preparing, I think we're spoilt in this league, the NFL. Like you said, Nadji, we all love the NFL fine margins. You look at the QBs that are lighting it up at the moment. Josh Allen springs to mind. No, he didn't come in lights out. It took him a few years to get a grip to the yeah. league. Herbert, Herbert wouldn't have been where he is now if it wasn't for a Chargers doctor puncturing bloody Taylor's lung. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Kyler Murray. Yeah. We, we said it in the preview show, Kyler Murray had grown pains when he first came into the league. Um, but it is a hot topic at the moment, Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, 49ers Twitter has been up in the air. I've liked the discussion on the group. I don't think anyone's got too over the top. I've liked to see the discussion. We want to encourage it. Ali Reid said it on the post I saw. We're actually not that far away from being a very lucky 5-0 and team. I know we're yeah. sat here 2-3. and three. Um, I mean, like you said, Trey Lance last night, when he, that one, like Lee said, I thought he'd scored. I leapt off the couch yeah. and thought, I thought Perfect. Rain was scored the touchdown, and sure but no, I, I, I'm not turned off Kyle just yet. But I think we are aware that he needs to kind of like Lisa said, the arrogance in the play calling. I have a friend who's a Rams fan who texted me about the Juice play and was like, "Bloody hell, even I knew what he was going to do." And I'm a Rams fan. <laughs> if I know what's going to happen, like Lee said, the defensive coordinator on the other side is going to know. And like you said, Man, think, let's not talk about the offside, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, and, but any anything you want to add, Gareth, to the the Shanahan bashing or the support for Shanahan at this point? I mean, I think I think Lee's Lee's covered it quite uh, quite well That's there. It's 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 been a growing frustration. Um, I think I can see why Shanahan likes Jimmy because Jimmy seems to have taken perhaps the brunt of this, and now that Jimmy's not there it does seem to have highlighted Shanahan a bit more. Though though last night's, night's game, which we'll come on to, uh, was, I think, the most bizarre 
game plan if we can use it use those words that, I, that i've seen and i think lee lee touched upon it it was the same word that i was thinking of of using and that's our identity shanahan set an identity which i think we could all buy into and the players bought into which was which is the the varied run game uh stretching a defense and then you can attack the soft spaces behind with with high percentage show uh high percentage short passes um and I, I I understand you've got to evolve in the NFL, but I don't know what we're evolving the offense into because we seem to have abandoned the bits that we did well. And I don't know what we do well on offense anymore. It, it's it's the odd play here and there. We we don't seem to have that that identity. Uh, and my my concern is eventually the players will will begin to question. Shanahan uh, and he may begin to lose lose the players because I think they all bought into it before we just didn't have when it was Nick Mullins throwing to Pierre Garçon you know we knew it that was going to be a limited offense but I think everyone bought into the plan um, and, I, and I don't know what the plan is anymore uh, I think we I'll probably just stop it there I think we we can do a bit of over ranting but but a lot of what but also now, now that you mention it now that you mention it, it it is also possible that our old playbook has gone into the bin and this is the new one for Trey uh, that's been adapted for Jimmy and we're just we're just still in the middle of learning it this is only week 5 at the end of the day and these guys might have been playing with this playbook for two months you know the, it, it is also possible that the Kyle is still searching exactly what he wants to do, and he's, he has thrown his old playbook away because he's been running it for four years, and it wasn't particularly working. Albert that was with Nick Mullins and Nick Mullins and Beth. but it is possible that the playbook is new, and then that we only have a very limited amount of play because um, that's the ones we do really well and we have done really well during training camps in the first, in the first few weeks. And then add on top of that a few injuries and then your playbook is even smaller. Like ultimately, we have no idea whether it's the same playbook or a new one. or So it is it is completely possible and not out of this realm of imagination that um, we might click after the buy and destroy everybody. Like, you, we don't know. It is it's completely possible. And um, if if that does happen, I think there's a lot of people that are going to be very sorry about tweeting so much the past two weeks. <laughs> well, I think, you know, you know, you're, you're you're right, and it clearly that I think some of the players and the coaches have said that the the off season they were installing new stuff. They 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 were adapting the offense. But I'm I'm not sure what we're adapting it into because yeah, we seem uh, we seem to have abandoned the parts that were worked. Yeah, but if you look at I don't know I'll take an example that's something that's very concrete, right? If you look at um, an offense like Kansas City and what they were doing with Alex Smith, um, and then what what happened to the offense when Mahomes came? It wasn't the same offense. Um, it wasn't far off, but it wasn't the same. And what Mahomes unlocked is the ability to do something. And maybe when we have Ray Imbag or, you know, a player of his caliber and, you know, Trey and all of the, you know, everybody fit and George, because we didn't have George yesterday. Who knows what happened if he plays, right? Um, who knows what our offense looks like? Um, we still haven't seen it with everybody. That's the thing. I mean, we, it's been... 2019 since we've seen the offense uh, that Carl wants to run with like full strength so who knows who knows where we are on that I just I just feel like it's too soon um I don't like having hot text in a week five like we can bash Kyle at the end of the season if we again have a losing record or even if we just miss the playoff because that's the goal mm. um and I'm I'm all for it um I just think it's a little too soon um, to press the panic button I think but, it's a good point that Gareth raises, though, Nadji. Um, yeah. Like you said, we all know Shanahan's offense is complex. Like yeah. like Gareth said, it is intended to be a run-heavy offense. And I sat down last night and I kind of expected Kyle to water it down, for want of a better word, because you know, it was Trey's first start. And you guys watch a lot more college football than me, but it reminded me of a college football-style offense last night and some of the play calling and... You know, you said there, Trey Sermon's probably our best back. Yeah, it seemed like Trey Lance was the designated running back at the times last night. Well, I mean, 
I think Trey's we, our best runner. Both Trey's are our best runners, yeah. <laughs> and obviously, you know, at the moment we've got Jimmy not fully fit, and you would expect, like Lee said, I suppose Kyle is still learning. You'd expect him to kind of take his quarterback out of harm's way. You know, you've seen the damage that's happened if you have a Cam Newton-style yeah. running quarterback that gets pounded. You know, Lamar Jackson yeah. tends to avoid the bigger hits. Kyler Murray has worked well at not taking the hit, where last night I thought there was a couple of times where Trey was, I was thinking, really? What happens if he gets, you know, that one on the goal line? You see your Drew Brees or a Tom Brady stretch the arms out, ball breaks a play and they pull it back. That's a touchdown where obviously Trey tucked it in, didn't he, when he took that helmet to helmet. I thought, oh, like, please get up. So I can see where Gareth's coming from on there. I mean, for me, we need to get back to basics over the next couple of weeks. I yeah. Mean, there's also the... the fact that, you know, there's also the fact we haven't led. We we just we've not been in front comfortably. So who knows what our offense looks like when it's like this? Uh, I don't know. There's just so many variables there. We were in front comfortably against the Lions. Yeah, uh, but but look what happened. We scored 42 points. You know. Yeah. Um, it, I I don't know. It's just the NFL is such a complicated business in you know on and off the field. Um, I just I don't know. Let's 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 get more data before we or data. Whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> I just think with the the Cardinals on Adji, they were the 31st ranked run defense. So I would have assumed last night this would have been hey, a game run. where Kyle established the run game with Mitchell, with Sermon, you know, sprinkle a little bit of trail lancing. We ran and, for 150 yards. It's not, you know, for, for a game. Oh, no, we only called defense. 12 rush players that didn't involve Lance, though. That's yeah, what I'm saying. I was yeah, excited. Yeah. Obviously, we're going to get into the, the trail lance and the game. and you know, call this our therapy session. I'm I'm enjoying the discussion we're all on, raising very good points and that that I mean because that, that's a very good place to start. I mean that's yeah. that's maybe predictable, but that's potentially what we expected. We got Nick Mitchell back, Sermon's finding his feet. Let's take some of the pressure off Trey Lance. And that first series seemed to be Shanahan going, I'm just gonna drop the entire team on your back, Trey. You either make these passes or you make the runs. There was we just didn't seem to use Mitchell or Sermon. That they had so few yeah. carries and they, and they were they were making ground and then Shanahan's like okay well done lads you can go and sit on the bench now because I'll just have Trey Lance as the runner and I'll have four wide receivers out. And I then agree, but this, I I, I will also I will also say I think teams and defenses are stopping the run against us. That is their sole purpose, um, and it's it's shown against you know, against Philly. It's shown against. Uh, the Seahawks against Green Bay. Um, With the know. empty backfield, we're just we're so predictable that when yeah. a guard pulls or, or they don't drop back into pass protection, it's just like okay, this is Trey Lance run play. Where's the gap? Linebacker safety just comes up and hits the gap. It's yeah. that because there's no one in the backfield. There's no there's no option. It's making it easy yeah. for the defense, and it also takes away having the running back either to help in the pass protection or to provide that that quick check down. And and we just it was Trey Lance on his own in the backfield all the time from for what I could see with with receivers sort of running various different routes just trying to to pull the defense out of the way for for Lance to predictably run up the middle it it was it was just a weird setup that he, I, he did I, run for five point six yards per carry which is you know <laughs> way more than you need to to move the chains so I don't think that was a problem how sustainable is that and it's and it's predictable. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But it's also one week of, of preparation um, ahead of, you know, a team that's hot and and a rookie that hasn't played a game in you know, two years. So how much can he actually do? You know, it's I'm, well, I'm going to be I'm going to try and be Mr. Positive today. And like, just <laughs> I'm just liking try. it, Nati. I'm like, uh, I, I, I think what Gareth's getting at as well, we said in the, the preview, show, though, with, yeah. we were excited that Trey Lance coming in made the defense a bit more honest. But like Gareth said there, it was a bit too predictable. I mean, even things like, you know, Jennings, not active. Trey's had great chemistry with him. Trent Sherfield. And obviously some he? of those thunderballs that he was shotting in last night, Trey, my God. <laughs> some of the wide receivers. I mean, dropped passes as well. I know we're going to get into yeah, the gameplay yeah. a bit more um, as, as we move on. But I'm, I'm similar to you, Nadji. I'm feeling positive. The loss feels similar to the Seattle loss purely because... Yeah. The game was there for the taking last night. I mean, continuing your positivity, the defence, we held them to 17 points. 
You know, yeah. this is Kyler Murray's season, apparently, if you look at all the noise on Twitter. He's supposed to be the MVP of the league. Didn't do a great deal last night. But yet again, what's that you're saying? The great players, those last couple of players to Hopkins, ultimately the difference, the touchdown pass, which I know Josh Norman... I mean, the throw to Rondell Moore on the sideline. <laughs> you know, and that one where Hopkins stayed inbound, so frustrating for us to see such a clever player ran the clock out and it just kind of... Yeah. Demoralised a little bit, didn't they? They did just enough last night. The Cardinals to squeak over the win, um, but you know the defense. Well, no, for I mean, me like, yeah, let's let's talk about the game. I mean, the first thing I want to say before I uh, is uh, I really think we were unlucky. You know, one of those one of those nights where nothing goes your way. As I said mm-hmm. earlier, I think the, like the four fumble, the punter fumbles the ball, and it just bounced straight back in his hand, and he has time to punt. I just, I just don't think I've ever seen that. It's it's crazy, and then. Kyle Murray had two, and then um, you know Chase Edmund did lose one, but, but Chase Edmund, who, who was inactive, but played the whole game um, <laughs> anyway. Um, but also, uh, and, and I hate doing it, but I just don't think any of the calls went away. Um, I, I'm not going to talk about the holding calls against Boston yeah, and Armstead. Completely agree with you there. Um, yeah, and, the penalties are I mean the. The biggest one for me on the holding call is the one in the end zone. That's yeah. that's just a safety, and exactly. it puts us like seven to two with the ball in our hand. Um, I just baffled. Uh, I was just I watched it. I was like, well, did, did Carl just decline that? What what's going on? Because um, it's obvious it's in the end zone. Anyway, um, I, I never bash on the refs because they you know they're just humans like you and me and Kyle. <laughs> um, <laughs> And they're allowed to make mistakes. It's just sometimes they go your way, sometimes it's on. Then yesterday, just none of them went our ways. Um, but apart from that, yeah, I mean, the defense. Uh, wow. I mean, we've got a great defense. Um, Fred Warner is a stud. It's such a shame he's not going to get recognition this year because he's not making any flashy plays and, and everything. But yeah, keeping them to 17 points despite Kyle Murray throwing... Yeah, that pass to the sideline to Rondell Moore was insane. Uh, the catch was ridiculous. Um, and then it's, this is what I mean. Like any other day, the, the guy drops down, he's got his foot out of bounds. And, um, yeah, so not our night in terms of, you know, lucky plays and, and what could have gone our way that just didn't. But um, I, that's, why, that's why I'm not too underwhelmed by, by the loss. I'm just like, we're seven points away and... You know, you play the same game, and the day the chip falls your way and the dice roll your way, you just you just win by free score easily. Um, so yeah, um, but yeah, do you want to, Lee? What did you think of Trey overall? Are you happy? Do you, do you want him to start now? Jimmy, Jimmy's back, or what? what's going on? So that's a difficult question. Um, yeah. I actually thought Lance showed a lot of poise. He never seemed to look worried by the pressure, and he had yeah. a lot of pressure all night. Yeah. Um, Trent Williams certainly uh, had a game that he's never had for a long time. Yeah. Um, he had some good throws. He had some poor throws. Mm-hmm. I thought the runs were okay. I thought he he maybe he's run a little bit too much and he needs yeah. to learn to slide. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> other than that, I mean, what he brought to the game that we don't have with Jimmy, I, I think the gap between Lance and Jimmy is a lot smaller than what... I thought before last night's game. I, I yeah. think it's a lot smaller, and there could be a case of saying, "Let's go with Lance," because he's only going to get better through playing through playing yeah, time. That, yeah, that's that's. I think Gareth said it. I don't think Jimmy brings us anything more than what Trey gives us, and yeah. the proof is there. Though the game was pretty much the same anatomy. So the you the, know, the concern I have there, though, is that um, both Brunskill and McGlinchey were absolutely bloody awful. Yeah, they're, they're going to get our quarterback skilled. They are. They yeah, they were 100%. really really bad, um, and it showed. Yeah, yeah. Gareth, all lines your thing. You're not <laughs> yeah, happy with sixty nine, are you? Yeah, I'll just it's it's. You're not, you're not happy with the sixty nine. Yeah, happy with the sixty nine. It's not every day. <laughs> not the, the McGlinchey one, though. Anyway, so. Yeah, I just I've just got a bit tired of of having a a big play and then just watching the ref come back and go offense holding number sixty nine, and and it's maybe it's unfair, but it always seems to be on a big lock turn down conversion. Um, and McGlinchey's had it's been a couple of seasons now where 
he started off okay and then just like last season just starts to get beaten starts to get beaten and if we we're, we're going to evolve our offense if we want Trey Lance to to be this this deep ball pocket passer we're going to need to have someone better in pass protection. But Lynch, he's been able to get away with it because he has been very good in the run game and we've been a run-first offence. If that's going to evolve, then McGlinch is not the answer. Um, yeah. And I don't think Brunskill is either. And then he's, you know, he was an undrafted guy. It's, he's serviceable, but he's, he's, he's a backup, really. Um, yeah, yeah that, that certainly, they didn't help Trey Lance's game and the, and the receivers and some of the missed receivers missed uh, the drops didn't help, help Trey Lance's game. Yeah. But, but again, I think the we can see the ceiling is there and he's a lot more up and down. Jimmy's more even, but but Jimmy's ceiling isn't that much above Trey Lance's floor, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's above. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying something stupid, but it's not that much above. Does, does anyone really think, oh, Jimmy would have won us that game if everything else had gone the same way? No, yeah. because I don't think Trey lost us that game. Like, like I no. said before, Carl Shanahan lost us that game, so yeah. Jimmy wouldn't have made a difference. In fact, no, I, if, I, if Jimmy had been in, Jimmy wouldn't have been able to get out of some of those pressure situations yeah. that Lance did. Yeah. Yeah, sure. um, I, just, I just compare that game to um, you know Trevor Lawrence's first game or Zach Wilson's first game or Justin Fields' first game. You know The, the five that got picked this year. And I, and I think Trey looked the best out of all five of them. Still yeah, looked the best of um, almost all of them right now after all of these guys have had um, you know, several games under the belt. Um, I think Trevor had a good game on Thursday night last week. But, you know, uh, Zach Wilson against the Falcons was terrible in the first half. Um, so I think you know, that's, that shows quite a promise for somebody that hasn't started, has practiced as with the ones for a week. Um, so that... You know, it is upset. And I, to me, to, the biggest thing, and uh, especially in our division, is ability to extend the play, um, you know, three, four, five second extra by running to the sideline and picking up a yard or two, or, you know, waiting for somebody to get open, which is something we clearly need to work on. Because how many times we've seen Russell Wilson throw a, a ball to, to the first down marker to either, you know, Tyler Locker or or Metcalf because they're conditioned to come back to that exact point. That's something we just don't do yet because Jimmy doesn't run out of the, the pocket. Um, but the ability to expand, extend the game when everything goes to uh, uh, goes badly is just so much more than what Jimmy can do. Um, I think yesterday Jimmy would have had maybe six or seven sacks, and then JJ Watt and Chandler Jones would have had a night. Um, so I'm really happy for that. And then, as I said, you know, 5.6 yards per carry is not something to be sniffed at. Um, I just wished he, he seems to be surprised to be running sometimes and he just doesn't really look where he's going and he's just kind of like stumbling around. And I, I just wish he had more of a cap and he kind of run into him where he's there. So he just he's going and he's gone because, um, you know, he, I'm sure he can do that. Um but I, I was really happy. Paul, Trey Lance, happy, not happy about his performance yesterday? I mean, obviously, Neil Watson, I apologise, because you're probably one of our biggest Jimmy G fans, but I agree with everything all three of you have said. For me, Shanahan needs to continue starting Trey Lance. Like you said there, what he showed last night, despite, like Gareth said, the offensive line not doing him many favours, was that ability, wasn't it, last night, lads, to force the defence to be a bit of a conundrum. Is he going to run? Is he going to pass? And this goes hand in hand for me with Kyle. Like Lee was saying, now we're going into the bye week. Kyle needs to make a quick decision, right? I'm going to install Lance. I need to work with him. I need to get the game plan better. I need to get the play calling better. I need to build that chemistry. He needs to build that chemistry with Ayuk, with Samuel. Yeah. We saw glimpses. That throw in that tight window to Ayuk was amazing. The Ayuk <laughs> catch when he he fizzed it with his chest and Ayuk's pushing the defender off with his right arm and he catches it with his left arm. And like you said, Trey Lance did not lose us that game last night. Of course, there were some players that I wanted to get back. I was chuckling there, Najee, when you went through your list because I had the same. Out of all the QBs, Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Trey looked the best. Maybe Carl gets a bit of kudos for that. He didn't throw him in. He's kept him. Now, for me, you can't put Jimmy back in. If Jimmy, one, isn't fully fit, because like you've all said, what would a half at Jimmy G done last night any different? And 
the defenders know that Jimmy's not fit at the moment. And I just think we all kind of bought into this two QB system. But then after Trey's performance, like for me, I believe that, you know, he's provided the spark that we needed. And we know that Jimmy can't deliver the same. So maybe time again, like we said in the previous show, rip off the band-aid, install Lance, and then let's just see what we do against the Colts. Because let's face it, like you said, if we win that game, we become three and three. Then we've mm-hmm. got the Bears the week after. You win that one, it's four and three. It's the season starting to make a turn. And I agree with what you said, Nancy, about like the Kaepernick style run. I suppose yeah. the difference is last night, everybody knew Trey was going to run pretty much yeah. most of the time. Where when Kaepernick first came into the league, you weren't really sure was he going to rank Lee. Called it on one of a post I'd seen earlier today where you know, that first season of Kaepernick was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. when he was caught out, and oh. it is a d- different coordinator as well. I mean, I forgot his name, but... It's Greg Roman. Greg Roman at the Ravens, who we know what he can do with the run game, right? <laughs> but, I mean, pretty good at it. Pretty good. For me, Nadji, last night, and again, I don't know whether this is just me as a fan, not an expert, I just sat at home. I thought Kyle showed a lot more trust in Lance last night than he's ever done with number 10. Yeah. I think he pretty much turned the game plan. And he, like Lee said... There was no panic. I mean, that first couple of players looked excellent. I mean, he fizzed that ball over the top and it was a pick. Neil Watson messaged me, like, if that was Jimmy, there'd be an uproar in the group. And he was kind of right. You know, we started against the Cardinals and Jimmy throws an interception on first or second pass. The group kind of collectively groans, but there was none of that last night. Joe Staley, after the game, was talking about how impressed he was, how if we bear with it, Kyle is literally putting the layers into the game plan and we will see it. It isn't going to happen overnight. You know, we remember Trey Lance is 21. hasn't yeah, played yeah. football for nearly a year. Um, and fourth Gareth fourth did, youngest ever to, to start QB, I think. Gareth did the deep dive ahead of the you know season starting uh, with Trey Lance. So I saw a lot to keep to answer your question. I would keep them in personally. So... But I did see that I think, I think the sailing, like the, the high pass is, is his biggest problem. Um, and he was his biggest problem at college. Um, I'm sure you'll remember Gareth from all the tape you you've seen. That was the one thing he was ba- he was bad at, and he's still kind of like sometimes they just get away from him for some reason. He does need to tighten that because um, all those plays were open. If he hits them, it's it's a different game. But could yeah, this be but- Shanahan's crown and glory? Is this his man to develop? Is he going to show us? I can coach him. I can put the team on his back. What? He, he has to. Yeah, he has he to. Ha- yeah, he has to. Otherwise, somebody else is going to develop him, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I just, I just want to make a couple more points just before we, we answer this question, before Nadji answers this question. <laughs> I mean, I could answer it, but I'm going to let Nadji answer it. So just a few more points on the game last night. Josh Norman was piss poor. He yeah. was absolutely yeah. awful. And I yeah. thought Travis Benjamin was a complete waste of a uniform. Yeah, they, they, they I, put him on to stretch the field, and every snap he played, he just got stuffed at the line of scrimmage, yeah. and just couldn't get the separation. And I, I thought it was just a complete waste of uniform. I agree. I'd, I was going to ask, where's where's Sheffield at? Well, why don't we see exactly. him? Yeah, thought he had a good chemistry with Trey as well. I yeah. was kind of expecting him to at least catch one or two, but uh, nothing. Um, I'm looking at the snap count, see if he's even played. Um, I don't even remember. I was going to say something about receivers. We part of the reason why I think we don't seem to be able to get into much with them is is that we just seem to keep chopping and changing our personnel all the time. I, I don't know whether it was it, it's it's just the the eye test failing me, but we we always seem to if, if someone has a big play, they're immediately nice. they're taken out. And fair enough that you know there's there's resting, but it's we we've seen it. Last night, Kalamari went to DeAndre Hopkins, next play DeAndre Hopkins. We saw mm-hmm. it in Green Bay. He goes for uh, Devontae Adams, then next play Devontae Adams. You you never see you, 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 guys sort of get multiple snaps to to get into a rhythm, to to, to build that rapport up. It's, it seems to be, oh, if you've made a catch, you can sit out the next three snaps and, and I'll just bring all these people in to go hot and cold. Because I think we saw, as you said, all these receivers and Benjamin sort of, he's, he's coming in, but he's got no real real kind of game time to get into the rhythm of the game. 
Yeah. And, and we just seem we seem to be doing that. I like the fact we're spraying around to all these receivers. It's I, I understand keeping people fresh, but I, I think that's partly responsible for why we we've haven't seemed to be able to build momentum and why we're disjointed. And it's also why we've we've looked our best when we've been in those two minute drills up against the clock because we haven't been able to swap out the personnel. Yeah. Do you think he's no, trying to be too smart, point. Gareth? Do you think Carl's trying to be too smart there when he's doing that? Because you're right in what you're saying there. Look at all the other teams around the league. You know, Rodgers gets the ball in his hand. Adams, like you said, are you can Samuel? I was expecting yeah. a lot more from yeah, them. Yeah, but I, I also think you're comparing them with all-time greats. You know, D-Hop and Davante Adams might end up being Hall of Famers. <laughs> I'm not sure Debo and are you well. So, who knows, right? Yeah. No, but it's 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 still that idea of getting in the rhythm. And if the guy, yeah, yeah, you know, no, I, I completely agree with you. Time after time, why keep bringing him out for snaps and putting in, say, Sherfield, who's 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 not worrying the cornerback at all? Yeah, um, yeah. But I think that's why that's why you miss George, right? That's what George brings you the that consistency that he's gonna get open. You know, he's gonna get open. So. Uh, and not having him on the field is is a big, 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 big loss, and we know that. Um, you know, the, it's also a reason why the run game doesn't work as well when George isn't here, because he might be our best blocker after Trent Williams. You know, so um, yeah. All we'll right. see. Next game, it's it's one game with Trey, right? It's one game, one game plan. It, yeah, we'll see against the Colts. We'll, yeah. We need to win in two weeks. You know. Right, hopefully yeah. you're ready for this question then, Najee. So, <laughs> Seb Chanda asked me last night, in the third quarter of um, the game, Mark Sanchez mentioned that Trey is having to adjust to the idea of checking down now that he's in the NFL. Why is this? Is it different in college? Uh, I, I honestly don't know what Mark Sanchez is about. I think he's probably one of the worst commentators out there. But no, I, check downs are a thing in pretty much every offense you would run even in college um you always have a back flaring out or you know a, a hitch somewhere some some re- very reliable routes that will be your third or fourth read depending on on the play and you go one not open two not open bam you just bang it to three without even thinking about it because it's usually a safe route that um is very difficult to cover um i can't quite remember what kind of offense exactly he ran at North Dakota State, but it's very pro heavy over there. So um, I'm pretty sure he's very accustomed with uh, um, with checkdowns. I just, um, you know, when you're playing from behind, you don't want to check down. You want to you want to stretch the field and score touchdown. And maybe he, he tried to do too much too fast. Um, I'm I'm not quite sure. Um, but I wouldn't listen too much to Mark Sanchez. Uh, it's not a, it's not a good thing to do. <laughs> which, which is I what my answer no would have been. No, is it definitely? Uh, you know, when when your biggest and most memorable play is is the butt fumble, I think. Yeah, says a lot about your career as a. I mean, although he was a very good college QB, um, touched us a few times, but you know. Wait. We, I, I mentioned it earlier. We didn't, we didn't have the running backs on the field. It was an empty backfield. There's no one to check yeah. down. No, there, there, there will be a check down even on on now. It, it's always one, two, three, one, two, three, four, and four is always the check down basically. Yeah, and it's, it's not always a running back either. You, you tight no, end no, no, sometimes no. using the check down. It, it could be a tight end sitting in the middle. It could be a you know a, a ten and hitch, which is a, the wide receiver running ten yards and turn, turning around, stopping on the spot and turning around. Um, that kind of thing, although those kind of routes are time best usually. But I think no, it's um, there's always a route that's considered safe that you, you know the guy's going to be there and just bang it um, after the two, three seconds you have to throw the ball. There was, I think it was about Lance's third or fourth completion. It was, it was early in this, that second series. He he did that. He dumped the ball down to Elijah Mitchell and he made yardage. It was like, okay, that's a good out. That's that's. That's something for him always to go to if the plays aren't developing and he doesn't fancy running. And yeah, yeah and where was it for the rest of the game? It it happened once at the beginning and I thought, oh, Elijah Mitchell, he's made a nice little catch and run there. Fantastic. And then it's gone for the rest of the game. Anyway, I think I've laboured that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys, we're on 49 minutes. Thanks a lot for joining me tonight. Thank you. Oh, it's been fun. Oh, we've got to get the therapy session out with the way. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, my, my Shall we do, um, for the first 15 sure. minutes.
Yeah. So we do a question <laughs> for next for next week. So if people have question, considering we're we've got a week off and we yeah. don't want to talk yeah. about Kyle, I think, I think that would be a good idea for people to send in questions and we'll we'll answer them questions. And um, I suppose the, yeah. the the big question I was going to pose to you three is is do you think Lance will start the next game? Yes. No. <sighs> I don't think you will. No, I don't think you will. And the reason I don't think you will is because I think he wants to play Jimmy until somebody has an injured quarterback and they come in and try and trade for Jimmy. Yeah, keeping his value high. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Possibly. Because like I said, I mean, there's not that much of a gap between Jimmy and Trey. And I think it's worthwhile keeping Jimmy in to, to drum up that trade value in the hope that we can trade him before the trade deadline, which is in... Two weeks' time, I think. Is it already? Wow. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's the third week in October, I think. I'm sure. Yeah, it is. so Jimmy will play against the Colts because if he has a good performance and we win that game, um, his value might rise just, a, just enough. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's just as likely he gets injured again and he has no value. So I, I do, I do yeah. agree. I do agree with the with what you're saying, but to me, it's fifty-fifty. <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot depends on if he's fully healthy, Gareth, like yeah, you yeah. said. I would be interested, Lee, on people's feedback on the start of the show, and you've been anticipated your thoughts on Shanahan. Yeah, People have been building this up, so well, please hit us I was in the say, comments, yeah. everyone. <laughs> All of you have built this up, not me. <laughs> so it was always going to be disappointment once I ranted. No, no, I thought you did well, mate. I thought it was. I think yeah, the show's gone quite yeah. well. So I, I think something we can think about for the next um, episode, the bye week episode. Um, so this question has been asked a lot in the last twenty four hours. Um, probably not even twenty four hours yet. No, probably twenty hours. Who would you have if it's not Kyle? Well, so, it's, it's, so, so I have can't a think about right that. Now. It's, it's dead easy. There's only one coach I think that could replace him. Uh, funny enough, I, I've got a coach who, who straight away, that's who I would have. Yeah. But I was going to leave that till the next week. Yeah, don't answer that now. Yeah. Leave that, right, okay. leave that for the next part, Nadji. And I can guarantee you, mine and Nadji's are going to be completely different. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah. Right, great. Thanks once again to everyone that listens to the show. Remember to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Also, check out our YouTube channel by searching for 49 Faithful UK. Until next time, stay safe and go Niners. Go Niners. Deep in the heart, like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark, Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline, NDB, greatest owner of all time, Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh, don't ever forget.